this Christian walk. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, but I wanted to tell you nonetheless. Is that all right? Serving God is similar to being on a diet. Yeah, because think about it. You spend your whole life not eating stuff, not taking stuff you know you want so that you can look good. Likewise, you need to, why are y'all so distracted by them? Likewise, it's so kids are distracted. Likewise, we need to deny ourselves the things our flesh wants so we can be healthy in God's eyes. Isn't it amazing? Can I ask you a question today? What things in your life are really calling the shots? Amen. I want to talk to you today on a, on a topic called what's pulling your strings. Amen. Uh, the truth of the matter is you can never truly appreciate freedom until you no longer have it. Somebody say amen. Uh, sometimes the real tragedy is that you don't realize you've already lost your freedom until you've been completely bound up. Sometimes in life we don't seem to realize that we are not as free as we think we are. Amen. Uh, freedom is not the ability to make a decision. And freedom is not being able to do as we please with no consequences. You see, freedom knows that your actions throughout the week won't compromise your soul. Freedom, true freedom, is how much God loves you in the midst of all your sins. That's freedom. Truth be told, some of us, myself included, throughout the week multiple times, think life would be easier if we stopped serving God. So you can say amen because y'all know during the week y'all be feeling like it would be so much easier if God was not part of the equation, amen. We say to ourselves that it would be easier if we didn't have to worry about satisfying God. We think being free is this walk with God would be so much easier, but the type of freedom that we live is different. Some freedoms come with you doing as you please, doing what you want, doing whatever you want, however you want, but the truth of the matter is there's a high price to pay for low living. If the freedom you're experiencing is truly just freedom that allows you to do as you please in life, then the question is, are you really free? The truth of the matter is freedom with no boundaries is the equivalent of bondage. With no one being able to tell you what to do, you are bound to yourself. You're with me. I'm not going to be before you long, but I got some things to tell you. You've lost your freedom in Christ when you are no longer convicted by the sinful thoughts and actions in your mind and in your daily life. When you can go forth and do things and not think twice about, about sinning, not think twice about hurting God, and not thinking twice about how God sees what you're doing, you know you've gone too far in your life. Can I talk to you today? I know it's raining. I know it's a little bit of a damper outside, but help me today because I need to let you know something that you are not as free as you think you are. Have you made a decision in your life? Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. Turn with me, please. And it says this. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm making a conscientious decision in my life that I'm going to serve God. I'm making a decision in my life that says no matter what happens, whatever lies in my future is better than what's been in my past. And whatever is in my future, I'm running to it with arms open wide, expecting that God has something for me that is going to be able to change my life every second of every day of every moment of my life. Because I'm believing God for change. 
to the person next to you, have you made your choice? Genesis chapter 4 verse 7. God is speaking to Cain after he's done some dirty deeds in his life and he says this. He asks him a very rhetorical question. Verse 7 reads, if you do what is right, we do not be accepted. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Sin awaits you every day you wake up. Every moment you get up from your bed, the enemy of your soul is literally waiting for you. So he can make you do the things he wants you to do, say the things he wants you to say, act the way he wants you to act, and you thought you were making your own decisions. But the Bible says you're either serving God or you're serving the devil. There's no middle ground. There's no in between. There's no, this is my life, my decision. That's not what it's about. It's either black or or white, no gray area according to God. You're either living 100% for God or you're living 100% for the devil. You can't live for God and have a bunch of sin up in your life because you've got to understand that God's change, that is real change, and his spirit transforms your mind, which makes you think differently in God. So you won't even desire the same things you desired before. You're with me. He says sin is at your door and it desires to master you, but you must master it, the Amplified Version says. To the person next to you, God is worth a chance. At some point, you've got to realize and you've got to be honest right now with yourself that at some point in your life, the things of your old life no longer are sufficient for you. Only for so long are the things of the world fulfilling to your spirit. Only for so long is getting drunk a good thing. Only for so long will those things suffice in your life. You know what that word master, that word master means in the, the first definition in Webster's dictionary is a person with the ability or power to use something. And then it says to control, to manipulate, and to dispose of something. In other words, you're able to control your ability to learn a new language. You're able to manipulate your mind to be able to use that language and you dispose of it when you are in the process of using it. Likewise, the devil is out to control your life, to manipulate you to do whatever he wants you to do and then throw you away like garbage because you are. So the person next to the devil is out to master you. You gotta ask your, you got to ask yourself in your life, what is really controlling you? What are you living for if you're not living for God? Are you living just to supply your needs? That's not a life to live. The enemy is out to control you and dispose you, to make you think you're making your own decisions, and to make you think this life is what you want and what you are choosing for yourself, when in reality, like a puppet, he's pulling your strings. You're hearing me today. He wants you to be under the notion that you are calling the shots and that this is what you want in your life and need. But in reality, you are being controlled by the enemy through your thoughts and your thoughts give birth to actions. Your actions give birth to sins and your sins, the Bible says, gives birth to death. James chapter 1 verse 13 through 15 says, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived or given birth, it gives the birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. What is being conceived 
in your mind. What is being conceived in your mind? It's like this. When your friends call you up to go out, they planted a seed like a woman and a man together. Then your mind is like an egg and, you, and that seed comes into your mind. It impregnates your mind. And then you begin to think that you made a decision when in reality somebody else's seed came into your life and gave birth into you. Give it up for my test subjects today. You see, what it really boils down to <clears throat> is that sometimes you think you're making your own decisions, amen? There was a time in your life where you've been bound up by something. Can I go real simple with you? How many of you, by a show of hands, help me out today, cannot go throughout your day without a cup of coffee? <clears throat> Can I tell you something? Coffee has mastered you. It controls you, manipulates your mind, and disposes of you. Get my point? How many of you, by a show of hands, either currently or formally, cannot get through your day without a cigarette? Come on. Thank you. Thank you for the honest people. You can look, you know, you know what I'm talking about? But yet, you were mastered by the things in which, you follow me now? Ask yourself, what is mastering you? There was a time in life where my hurts and my pains defined what I was doing. Don't be distracted by musicians, people. They're just musicians. God is trying to talk to you and you're distracted by everything because distractions sometimes master you. Being able to throw yourself and your attention away from God is so easy. You're a master at throwing off conviction because you don't really want the change of God in your life. You don't really want the change of God in your life. Can you help me out today, musicians? Understand something. What is mastering you? What is taking control of your mind, your life, your heart? Can you talk to me today? Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Peter 2, verse 19. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. Tell somebody he's almost done. Tell somebody he's almost done. And it says they promised them freedom while they themselves are slaves. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. If I have escaped corruption of the world by knowing the Lord Jesus and are again entangled and overcome, they're worse off than at the beginning. It would have been better of them to not know the way of righteousness. 1 Corinthians, the apostle writes that everything is permissible to me. I can do whatever I want, but everything does not benefit my spirit. Everything does not benefit my heart and my mind. And I can do, in God's name, whatever the hell I want. But truth is that it's not going to fulfill my spirit. So why do we do it? Why do we still do it? We have a generation of people in this nation who are addicted to drinking all the time. And you think that all the time it's really you making decisions. But in reality, you're struggling and you're hurting and you're trying to fill a void in your life and you're trying to hide it from people. Sometimes you don't want people to know how bad your addiction really is. But in reality, you are being pulled by the devil in every which direction of your life because you are being mastered by something you truly have no control over. 
You're with me today. Sometimes in this generation, we have an entire group of young kids who are trying to kill themselves every day. It's a thing called cutting. And continuously they cut and they cut their wrists and they slice themselves and slice themselves. Scientifically, what they're really doing is giving themselves a, a high on what you call endorphins. Endorphins alleviate pain. And they're getting themselves high on the substance in their own brain because they're being mastered, literally mastered by their own self to think they can't get through a day without letting out some pain, without letting out the hurts in your life. Your issue might not be this extreme, but I ask you, what in God's name is mastering you? Where are you being held back in your life? Every day a generation of kids bringing guns to school. Generations of kids being mastered by things. Don't worry, the gun's not loaded. Every day kids contemplating suicide. Every day adults dealing with suicide. Every day you dealing with the thoughts that maybe this world might be better without you. Maybe you've gone too far. You've got nothing to live for. Struggling in your life, in your mind, in your bedroom, struggling. Why? Why? Because something has come and it has mastered you. Because you are Satan's puppet. You're with me. Romans 6. Verse 15. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are a slave to the one whom you obey. Whether you are a slave to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. Whatever you are choosing to do in your life, you are a slave to the Bible says. You're a slave to your drinking, to your thought process, to your depression, to your stress, to all the hurts in your life. You have become a slave to it and you never even knew you lost your freedom. And you thought you were running your life, but the devil was pulling the streams. And every day you go home and you just start drinking. And you don't know why sometimes. It may seem funny, these kids in costumes, but reality is there's demons all around your life. There's real demons. These are fake and they're cute and funny, but there's ones around you that are very real, that are very hurting, that are very causing you to pain. You're fighting God even right now. You're fighting conviction. And you don't know. You don't know real freedom because you forgot that you were bound up in the first place. A generation of young kids addicted to prescription pills. This country is the most overprescribed country in the world by four times. You take up all the prescriptions in the world outside of America, multiply them by four, and this one country of 276 million people have the entire world beat. How many of you in your closets have prescription after prescription after prescription, leftover pills? Doctor said, take this, take that, take this. And you are under a spell in your mind, not in controlling your own thoughts because you've got depression and you can't deal with it. You're popping pills. You're with me. And you're being controlled. And every day you go home and things begin to hurt you. And things begin to come up in your spirit. And you don't know how to deal with them. So what do you do? You go back to what you know best. Drinking. Popping pills. How many people do you know in your own family who are dealing with these same issues? 
Better yet, how many people around you you don't know that are dealing with these issues? Are you really free? At some point, you've got to get sick and tired of being the devil's puppet. At some point, you've got to get sick and tired of being stressed out and depressed. Broke down, busted, and disgusted. At some point, you've got to desire freedom in your life. You're with me. Romans 7 verse 15. The apostle Paul writes, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. The things I know I should do, I never do them. But the things that I should hate, I do them. And I don't know why. The apostle Paul, one of the most acclaimed apostles, one of the greatest men of God that ever stepped foot on the earth, one of the most powerful, impactful people, he writes and he pens with his very own pen, and he writes in Greek, for these things that I want to do, Carlos, I don't do, but the things that I should hate, I do, and I don't understand why. Because you're not free. Because you're bound. Because you're a puppet for the devil. And throughout your week, you go on, and you go on, and you go on, and you go on, and you pretend to hide these things. Like people don't see them in you, walking around with eyes full of sadness, walking around wanting to tell somebody about how you're hurting, about what's going on in your life, but you hide because you're afraid somebody will think differently of you. But that's a plan of the enemy to get you, to get you, to continue to be his puppet. The Bible says who the Son sets free is free indeed. But it says in 2 Peter, those of you who have found freedom once in Christ, but yet find yourself now bound up back in the same sin you were in before, you are worse off now than you were then. And it's almost better if you had never found Christ in the first place. That's what the Apostle Peter penned in 2 Peter 2.19. How many of you can say, yeah, Pastor, you know what? I've been in church for a while and I find myself in the same situation that I walked in here in. I found freedom for a little while, but truth is, I'm all messed up right now. You see, you walked in here thinking you were all right. You're going to get a quick fix of Jesus today, but God says he wants true change in your life. God desires you to be truly different. No more hiding. No more faking it. You thought you were making your own decisions. But you wanted to go up with your friends, but reality, they called you up. They planted a seed in your head, and your strings were being pulled by the enemy. People came in here today desiring change, not knowing how to accomplish it. Coming here hoping somebody would tell them something that would change your life. I came here to tell you that God can set you free. That God of all creation can help you, can vindicate your life, and can stop the enemy. Are you with me? <coughs> Isaiah 61 verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Within you are the empowered people to release yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and with the Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. Right here, right now there's freedom. Right here, right now, I proclaim that God is here. I proclaim the Spirit of God is living right here, and there is freedom in your life. And that if you need a touch from God, if you need freedom, I'm telling you, right here, right now, today is your day. Tell somebody next to you, today's your day. At some point, 
You got to get tired of it. Come on, stand with me. Galatians 5 verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. It says this. No man can serve two masters. A house divided against itself will fall. You can't have God and have the devil in your life. God is sick and tired of Christians living wrong. And God loves the people in this room right now who are not a Christian and you're living wrong. To you Christians, I tell you, God is tired of your devil life. And he came to tell you, I see you and I want to free you. To you people who are not saved here, God says, I love you and I died on that cross just so you can have life and have it more abundantly. Just so you can have freedom. Just so you can live right. Just so you can be free. Once and for all, I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of it. You're with me. Tell somebody next to you, I want to be free. See, truth is, what happens is that the devil comes, or rather God comes, and he eventually cuts the cords. Don't get happy yet. Because after God cuts the cords, you got to get rid of the remaining crap in your life. you got to actually take some things off and get it out your life. So once God breaks your addiction to cigarettes, throw them away. Once God breaks something in your life, throw it away. Get rid of it. you got to get tired of being broken. you got to get tired of the devil having a field day in your life. Come on, bow your heads, every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, let's respect God in this place. At some point, you gotta get tired. At some point, you gotta get sick of this. At some point, the way you're living is not gonna do it no more for you. Come on, every head bowed in this room, every eye closed. We had a worship service on Friday and a song broke out we began to cry out to God come on every head bowed every eye closed respect God come on right now and we cried out to God as a church and we began to call on his name and we told him something receive this right now we told them, my hurts, Lord, my weakness, my addictions, Lord, I give it to you, God. My hurts, Lord, my weakness, my addictions. Come on, if that's you, raise your hand. Come on, my hurts, Lord, my weakness. You want to be free? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, tell them right now. My hurts, Lord, my hurts, Lord, my weakness, my addictions. Come on, somebody tell them, oh, my hurts, Lord. My weakness, my addictions. Come on, you need change. You need prayer tonight. Come on, this morning, I will pray with you right now. If you want prayer, I will lay hands on you because I believe Isaiah 61 says, the Spirit of God is upon me to bind the brokenhearted, set the captives free. Come on, don't be ashamed. If you need prayer, come on, somebody, meet me. My addiction, Lord. Come on, my singers, that tell them my hurts, Lord. 
my weakness, my addictions, my hurts, Lord, my weakness, my addictions. Come on, pray for them right now. Tell them I hurts, Lord. My weakness, quoted out my CT. We rebuke every work of the enemy designed to stop you, men of God. We speak life into you right now. We speak life that God will give it to you more abundantly right now. Come on, prayer warriors, open your mouths right now. Lord. 
Lord, tell them my hurts. My hurts, Lord. My weakness. My addictions. Come on, tell them my hurts. My hurts, Lord. My weakness. My addictions. My hurts, Lord. My weakness. My addictions. Come on, if you're physically able right now just to lift your hands. Come on, if you're able to lift your hands. We're going to leave in about just 60 seconds. Come on, tell them. Just lift your hands right now wherever you're at. Come on, tell them one more time. My hurts, Lord. My weakness. My addictions. Come on, God desires to change your life right now. He's the God of the now moment. That you would find true change now. Now I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. Come on, if you want freedom, just lift your hands. If you don't, by all means, keep them down. My weakness, my addiction. Come on, tell them mine. My hurts, Lord. My weakness. Come on, and tell them one more time. My hurts, Lord. My weakness, my addiction. I told, I told Chino to not leave this off until I talked to him. You see, there's many different types of Christians. There's hungry Christians, and there's Christians who only eat on Sundays. This young man, since he first started coming to our church at 18, right? 19. You single? Just throw that out there. Every night he would text me, and still does. And he says, Pastor, what should I read from the Bible? How many 19-year-olds you know are seeking God? So I'm calling him up here to let him know that God is going to honor that commitment. And that God has got a call on your life, and that God is going to use you in a mighty way. And that if you seek God... The Bible says those who seek me find me when they seek me with all their heart. No compromise. Seek God with all your heart. You're going to be preaching to people. You're going to be like me, a young pastor, and people might not like you, but you're going to be speaking what God gave you. You receive that. Come on, church, extend your hands to him right now. Dear Father, we pray over his heart that you would guard it, God. His mouth that you would guide it, God. And his mind, God, that you would protect it, Lord. That no plan of the enemy shall prosper, God. Like your word says, no weapon formed against him shall prosper. God, that he shall chase after you. He will be a God chaser in his life. God, that he will chase the enemy, God, from which it comes from. God, that it shall not prosper in his life, the plan of the enemy, God. We thank you, God. For this mighty man of valor, God. For this mighty man of God. Raise him up, God. Come on, somebody say, raise him up. Say it like you mean it. Raise him up. In his spirit, God, right now, God. Come on, give God some praise, man.
When people honor God, God honors you. We love you, man. Keep chasing God. Somebody tell them, keep chasing God. For those of you who came up here, some of you, there's some things you got to do when you get home. We can cut the strings, but you got to throw them away. That's right. I know we ran a little longer than usual, but I'm sorry, but I, God had to talk to some people right, today. Right. When you encounter God, that word encounter in Greek means a collision with the unexpected. And maybe you didn't expect to collide with God the way you did today. But every morning you wake up, you're in the fight of your life. Every morning you wake up, you are in the fight of your life. I close with this and it says in God's word that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's amazing that God can only be perfect in a sense in you when you're weak. Because if you're perfect and you're strong, then you don't need God. So when you're weak and you can't make it, you need God. To the person next to you, you need Jesus. Come on, put your hands together right now for Lori as she gives closing announcements.